Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,414. Do what you say you're going to do. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Friendly Fridley. Yes, Friendly Fridley, Minnesota. Josh Stahl. What an awesome name. Josh, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready. All right. Josh Dahl is the president and CEO of Reviva, a Minnesota-based engine remanufacturer. Reviva is a lean-focused manufacturer and remanufacturer of industrial equipment and engines. The company has three engine plants where they remanufacture gas and diesel engines, ranging in size from a 0.5 liter to a 20 liter. Reviva now offers a line of high-performance LS engines, and they partner in a large envelope machine shop that supports the defense and oil and gas industries. Prior to joining Reviva, Josh was a coxswain in the U.S. Coast Guard. Thank you for your service. Josh's hobbies include racing and triathlons and other endurance events, and he, of course, loves driving boats, cars, and motorcycles. So, Josh, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your business and your passion for automobiles? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Mark. Um, our business, Reviva, is, uh, was established in 1944 to kind of support material with, during the war effort when all the new production was going to support uh, the overseas uh, war and uh, dealerships here couldn't couldn't get any 
parts to kind of keep the cars on the road. So a few dealers got together and formed a co-op, and that was the start of our business in 1944. And uh, we're still here 75-plus years later. We've diversified. We're primarily an engine remanufacturer now, but we do do components, new components, new engines, remanufactured engines, gas and diesel, and support pretty much any type of piece of equipment that needs an internal combustion engine. Yeah, I think this is pretty cool. And I might say you're a remarkably young-looking man for having been in a company since 1944. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually had yeah, a good point. I joined in the, uh, I joined in the 80s, so I'm, I'm still pretty young but I'm, and still learning. There you go. There you go. I think it's a great idea uh, you know, to recycle, reuse, remanufacture. In the past, so many of these engines and things ended up in landfills. Of course, now they do a lot of recycling. But I love the fact that you can remanufacture something and keep reusing, especially in an industrial sense. But we're going to talk a lot more about your business and this new high-performance engine side of your business, which is very, very cool as well. But I would like to start first with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental and important in your life and uh, kind of guide you towards your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah, or the pistons going up and down. So, Josh, take the wheel. Well, I'd say, you know, I thought about this, and I'm a pretty simple guy. And, you know, I have a simple mantra, which is just do what you say you're going to do. We use that a lot here in our business interfacing with my employees or interfacing with our customers. And we just tell everybody, you know, if you say you're going to do something, it's very simple. Just do it and do it when you say you're going to do it. And it's amazing how much progress you can make by just, you know, kind of living that simple success mantra. Yeah, it's such a simple concept, but so many people let us down, uh, service people in particular. I know over the years, you know, I've had vendors or service people who say they're going to do one thing, and then they never do it. Like, well, I thought you were going to do that for me, and then they never do it or they have an excuse. So, you know, I've always taken that to heart. And it also, if you live by it, it adds pressure to you that you really have to perform, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just thinking of the other day where, you know, I asked somebody to, you know, help me out with something here at work. And, you know, just kind of that anxiousness of waiting to say, all right, are they going to do it? They said they were going to do it by Tuesday at two o'clock. Is it going to get done? And at 145, you get it. And then you build that trust and then it gets easier and easier, right? Yeah. Well, it's just like having associates that you work with that actually do what they say they're going to do. And we've all worked with those folks that don't say what they're going to do. And it's so frustrating. But when you have people around you that actually do it, ah, it's such a relief, especially when you're running a company. I did for many years. And those associates, as I call them instead of employees, that actually got work done and always did a little bit more. It was just like such a delight. I used to think, why can't the whole office be full of people like this? And that's what I always strive for. It definitely makes it easier to manage because then, you know, they've got the flexibility and the ability to kind of manage their department, their area. And, you know, you don't have to intervene. I mean, you you know, you can trust them. That trust has been built. The stuff gets done and you don't have to check in. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. It is very, very nice. Well, I want you to share a story that instigated your personal passion for things that move boats, airplanes, cars, motorcycles, all these things we love. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed a car guy? I thought, I mean, I've been playing, I mean, like when I was a little kid, I played with Hot Wheels. I mean, that was my favorite toy as kind of a kid, and it's always been with me. Um, I think the first car that really struck me, my dad had 
bought a 1973 Eurospec 450 SL. That was kind of like the first car that was, you know, not a station wagon with wood paneling. I mean, it was a very unique car at that time. And that Eurospec, it had, you know, the square headlights instead of the round headlights. And it was just a really cool car. And I just remember sitting there looking at it, staring at it and thinking about, you know, it looked great and that it actually performed. And that was the thing that I think really kind of hit me and struck me is that, you know, cars not just for utility. It's also, you know, it can be really beautiful and functional. So that was really the part that, you know, kind of struck me. Yeah. My next door neighbor, Mr. Swancer, was an FBI agent when I was very young growing up. And he bought the first brand new 450 SL uh, that was sold at Heinz Geats uh, Motors in La Jolla, California. And I remember the day he brought it home and all those kids went down there. And I asked him if I could wash it for him. And he said, well, of course. And he, I remember I was 14. He let me back it out of his garage and drive it over to my house, which was next door. But that was a big deal. And it launched a car care career for me. I ended up detailing cars for a decade or more uh, for people. It paid for my whole college education. So I always thank you. He's long since passed away, but I always thank Mr. Swanser for giving me that opportunity. When I returned it, I started to walk away and he said, how much do I owe you, kid? And I said, you're going to pay me? He goes, Even well, better. Yeah, I didn't expect you to wash my car for free. And I, you know, this light bulb goes off my head and go, hmm, a business is born. So. Isn't that interesting too? Like you never know at that, you know, what that event's going to be or how it kind of impacts you or shapes you. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you, I made great money doing that. Self-employed. I, I detailed hundreds and hundreds of cars. I mean, I always had money in my pocket. I could always buy new surfboards and uh, bicycles and stuff. And like I said, it paid for my whole college education. And even uh, after I got married, I continued to just detail the cars I liked on the weekends because I had gotten a, I guess what you call a real job, desk job. And that money helped my wife and I buy our first house. So yeah, you never know. You never know. Right. Uh, great experience. Well, let's take a look at some of these roads you've driven down here, Josh, and talk about a big career challenge or even a big career failure. I'm more interested in the learning lesson, though, and how you came out on a positive way. So kind of take us back to one of those times that was a bit of a challenge, but tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career, in your business, in your life. Well, the biggest challenge we faced was, you know, when the automotive industry was going through its turmoil in 2008-9 and, you know, kind of coming out of 2010. So back then we were, you know, we had, we were a $70 million company. We had a $50 million of our business was a Ford authorized distributor. Um, and the 20 million was, uh, uh, the remanufacturing business. So we had, you know, kind of a big business. We had a lot of people supporting, uh, both divisions and we had had a contract with Ford since that 1944 inception as kind of a supplier distributor agreement with them. And it was a 30 day cancellation kind of contract. And we had that forever and ever and ever. And, you know, I understand what Ford was going through at the time, but they decided to consolidate the distributors, one that we were, I think it was probably about nine or 10 at that time, maybe seven, but we were one of seven or eight. And they decided to rationalize that down to three. And we were not one of them. We had 30 days to basically say, all right, uh, you know, three quarters of our business was going to be going away. And how are we going to manage through this? And you can imagine we had a lot of infrastructure in place to support a much bigger business. You know, we had to do a lot of, um, you know, reductions to kind of get us in the right size. Um, we had a lot of fixed assets that we had to try and unload and, you know, manage through a significant event like that, one that you never think is going to happen. We did. We were able to make it through it. 
it was really difficult. Uh, we made hard decisions. And again, it got back to the mantra of, you know, do what you say you're going to do. So we were able to kind of, we were kind of able to financially and with our customer base, kind of stabilize ourselves. We had a decent balance sheet. It wasn't a great balance sheet, but we didn't have a ton of debt. So that helped us kind of manage through it. And that's probably one of the ongoing things that I've taken away from that is you have a lot more flexibility, the less debt you're carrying in your company. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, when you think about that time, and Ford was one of the companies that did not take bailout money from the government as well. Correct. Uh, if, If I remember right. So they were trying to manage their own catastrophe with the recession and so forth. But uh, let me ask you this, because you you dropped a really important thing for business people. And in credit and getting loans, uh, it's pretty easy uh, for most people, for most businesses. And I've heard this over and over from people, don't over leverage your business and get in debt, because when things go upside down, and they always do, there's cycles that are way out of our control, it'll bury you, it'll destroy you all, almost overnight. So I'm so happy you survived from that. Aside from that, don't carry a lot of debt in your business. What was another valuable lesson? I mean, did you look out, okay, now that people maybe aren't buying cars, are they more likely to pay to have an engine rebuilt? Is that an advantage in this situation? I think in some cases it really is. You know, we we want the, if the economy is really poor, you know, say you're a customer and you've got 12 trucks and you only need 10, if two break, you're going to park them on the fence. So when the economy is really poor, we, we suffer just like everybody else. But when the economy starts to pick back up, or isn't exactly great, or interest rates are higher, then they do have a tendency to say, well, I'm not going to buy a new truck. I don't want to lever up to do that, but I'll spend $10,000 on putting a new remanufactured drop-in engine in my vehicle and keep it on the road. So, you know, we're a little bit counter-cyclical, but if, if the economy is really bad, we, we suffer just like everybody else does. Oh, I've talked to so many people on this show after 1,400 plus interviews that that was a incredibly trying time. Uh, I bounced through that as well. Although the business I was in, it didn't seem to affect us very much. We were in car care and people, I think, were just hanging on to cars longer and taking care of them and keeping them shiny so they felt good about them versus going out and buying a new car. But the car industry took it on the nose and it took a long, long time to come out of that. So I'm so happy you guys survived that. But there's another lesson it sounds like here is don't put all your eggs in one basket or too many eggs in one basket. Having that Ford account and thinking that was going to never go away. And then when it did, uh, that was probably another takeaway for you that you need to diversify more. You know, absolutely. And, you know, our focus going forward now has been, you know, we want to maintain our independence. We'll build engines for OEMs, but we have zero OEM contracts and we sell as direct to the end user as we possibly can. Fleets, uh, end users, distributors, we try and exactly what you said, you know, have as much diversity in our customer base as we possibly can so that one customer does not make up and cannot, you know, kind of put us in that type of position like we were put in. And and Ford was just doing what they needed to do to survive too. So I don't begrudge them. It's just we were in a tough spot. Now you've got three engine plants as well, right? Yes. That's great. And they, are they all close by there in Minnesota or are they spread out across the country? Yeah, we've got, so they're all in the upper Midwest, our medium duty and heavy duty diesel engine plants and that friendly Fridley, like where I'm, I'm sitting today. <laughs> I love our, that name. Yeah, it's I just... do too. I do too. It's kind of funny. <laughs> our, our gasoline plant is in Brooklyn Park, which is about uh, probably about 10 miles away from this plant. And then we've got a small industrial gas and diesel uh, plant up in Oaks, North Dakota that does kind of off-road industrial engines and components. There you go. Fantastic. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle and maybe a memory you have about that particular ride. 
So I, there was two that I, I was trying to think of which one in particular, but I think the first car I had is the one that sticks with me more than anything else. And it was a Mazda 323. So it wasn't anything special at all, but it was a stick and it was a four speed and it was super fast. I mean, I just thought it was at that time, it was really a fast car. It was what, 16 or 17. And the independence that that car brought, it just shocks me today that some kids don't go out and get their license right at, you know, the day of their 16th birthday. Cause that was, that was the one thing of just being able to get out, go see my friends, do my own thing and have that car was just, I mean, that was just fantastic. I was waiting for that forever. And once I got it, it was great. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny how many, many people are on cars. Yeah. Here answer with the first car, even though it, it isn't maybe spectacular, but just that freedom you get when you're 16, well, in my case, California, you could get your license at 16 and to be able to leave the house and go somewhere like without your parents was yeah. so cool, you know. It was and, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And not have to go on a date and ride in the back seat where your mom drives you to the movies, <laughs> which was yep. always humiliating, but oh well, you could get a date. Any anytime I could get a date, I would take a date. So uh yeah, it was fantastic. I remember my mom driving us to the movies once and then taking us to Baskin Robbins and she sat in the car where we went in and got ice cream. I'll never forget that, just looking out at her in the car and just kind of that look on her, that mom look on her face of trying to like not act yeah, silly. Yeah, not right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but totally, you know, having a mom moment, you know, being a parent myself. And I know you've got uh, two girls, right? Yeah, yeah, two twin girls yeah. who are 13. So they, well, thankfully, oh. I'd say they haven't started dating yet, and I know it's coming, and I, I'll see how that goes. Two 13-year-old girls. Good luck, my friend. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's getting married this year. She's 30. So, uh, but I, you know, thank you. I do remember those 12, 13 year old years. Uh, they were a bit of a challenge. My wife helped me get through those years. But I'll tell you something that the junior high teacher taught us when we went in for orientation. He said, I want to tell you, all your kids used to be dogs. Now they're cats. They'll be dogs again someday. So be patient. Yeah. So any, anybody who's had a parent and a dog or a cat knows what I mean by that. Uh, and she did become a dog again. It wasn't until college, but uh, she did. So yeah, now we're good buddies. Is there a vehicle that you've uh, owned and let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? You know, no, there's not. And I thought about this. I, I keep my cars like six months. I am. Uh, what? I, I know it's it's probably a bad. There's actually three of us in the office here who we tease each other on. All right. Who's going to keep the next car the shortest amount of time? So I love the research. I love the process. I love thinking about, okay, what's my next car going to be? What kind of utility am I going to get out of it? How am I going to use it? trying to find it someplace in the United States and then buying it. And then once I get it, I have it for a year or so. And then I'm like, okay, it's time to go on to the next one. So I, <laughs> I don't have buyer seller's remorse. I have that kind of continual, okay, what's next? So I have the exact opposite. Oh my gosh. Well, you sent me a picture that's going to be on your Cars Yeah show notes page on the website next to a beautiful red old Mercedes. What's the story with that ride? Well, that that is probably my current favorite ride. I was, I was having a hard time picking between the Mazda 323 and, and that Mercedes. So that was a car that I just finished getting built over the last two and a half years to kind of highlight the launch of our high performance gas engine line. And I wanted to build a show car that would kind of have the old school look, but at the same time, uh, be state of the art performance. So that was the, I built that car with the express purpose of kind of putting one of our LS engines in it. And it is an absolute riot to drive. It is the most fun car that I have had in terms of power, looks, stance, everything. It's just, it's a great car. 
Well, now, of course, my past guest, J.G. Francis, who owns Mercedes Motoring, would probably uh, cringe at this because he oh, for sure. he, he finds beautiful the original Benz. Of, and what year is the, that vehicle in the make? Yeah, so I bought it, – it's a 1969 280 SEL, and I bought a heap for $5,000 in upstate New York because what I knew I was going to tear the bottom foot of the whole car out and put a whole new running gear and everything in. So I just wanted a complete car that had kind of all the – you know, the components, the chrome, every, you know, everything was in decent shape, but I didn't really care at all about, you know, the powertrain part of it. And, you know, the 280 was an inline six engine. They weren't that expensive. You know, the 3.5s or the 300s are very expensive and I would never wreck one of those, but this one kind of dime a dozen. And it was a longer wheelbase car, which is exactly what I was looking for. You know, it's a, it's a knockoff of the first AMG tuned car was a 1971 300 SEL called the Red Pig. And this is, that was a kind of a knockoff on that. So that's what we wanted to build was a resto mod based on that car. And did it not, and now the, in the picture, I just see the front of it, but did it look pretty much like a stock Benz from the outside? You mean when I bought it or when I finished no, it? No, when you finished it. Yeah. When you uh, finished it. Uh, n- no, not at all. I mean, it is, we flared it. We put, 355s on back, 335s on front. Oh we mini, yeah, we mini tub the back. It's got Art Morrison independent front and rear suspension. The uh, whole, yeah. I mean, everything was tied in. The whole car is tubed and caged. And so, no, when you look at it from the side, it, it definitely, it looks like it's bagged, but it's sprung. It's just sprung pretty hard, but it's low, but it's got good clearance because everything's tucked up uh, underneath the floor. Well, it sounds like you did it right. Art Morrison is a neighbor of mine. He's just not too far from here. He and his son have both been guests on the show. I've been friends with them for decades. Uh, they do the best chassis. I mean, they just for hot oh, rods yeah. and restos and so forth. So, well, you have to send me some more pictures of that. I'd love to see more details about it. Um, I was just down in Costa Mesa at the uh, Southern Cars and Coffee event they have down there. And there was a guy down there with a 3.5 that was a beautiful car, but it had he had done something similar and the car was sitting very low with these canted wheels and it was right-hand drive. And my first thought was, no, don't do that. But then the more I looked at it and talked, I'm like, this is a cool ride. I think this could be fun. So uh, kudos to you. Make sure you listeners go and look at the Cars Yeah show notes page uh, for a picture there of Josh with that ride. Well, let's talk more about what has you excited and fired up today about your business, Reviva. I'd love for you to tell my listeners a lot more about the business, all the different things you do, and this new kind of launch into these high-performance engines that you're doing, which is very cool. Absolutely. So the primary business that we're in is we're a remanufacturer of medium-duty gas and diesel engines. And medium-duty is anywhere from 4-liter up to about 11-liter. That's what we kind of quantify, and that's our sweet spot. So we do uh, gas and diesel engines that really run in any piece of equipment. So we do tractors, we do skid steers. We do on-highway applications, trucks, school buses, pickup trucks. We don't really do any automotive, any automotive except for the high-performance line. But all of our our engines and our customers go to people who use their vehicles for income generation. So delivery companies, tree trimming companies, that kind of thing. That's who we target. And we compete against the OEMs. Like I had said earlier, we're not affiliated with any OEM anymore. We're independent. But we can, uh, with our lean lean methodologies, we can get an engine through our plant in three days. So we can get an engine core over here, which is a used engine, three days, get it through our plant. Uh, it's a complete drop-in configuration. It's been dyno tested, so we know that everything's going to do what it's supposed to do and get it back out to the customer. And so we compete on that lead time. So if you're a guy who's got a tree trimming truck and your truck goes down, you can't wait three weeks because of the rental of another piece of equipment and whatnot is so expensive. 
we can get it to you faster and the quality's there and you put it in and it works in an eight hour install. That's how we compete. And we do a very good job, you know, getting the product configured, configured exactly to the customer's demand and uh, just get it to them fast. It's very cool. What's your website? www.reviva.com. And that's R-E-V-I-V-A.com. Check it out. If you're in a business where you need engines and you teach them quick, uh, it's a great business. I love everything about it. Well, Josh, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors that make it possible. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com. Or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, Josh, we are back and I'm going to get into your head a little bit here and ask you this very unique question. I'll bet nobody's ever asked you this before. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, Parked in the garage, what would Josh be and why? I would probably be either. I'd probably be a pickup truck, and again, uh-huh. just but a nice pickup truck, like an F one fifty limited pickup truck or a Denali okay. pickup truck. The utility, I think, I, I bring utility, but not a lot of flash. But I like to work. I like to do stuff. Uh, but I also like having a little bit nicer things as well. So a nice pickup truck that kind of that kind of fits my personality. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, my next door neighbor here, Bill, has a beautiful new Raptor. Maybe a Raptor. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't he, be too bad. I'll take one. He'll let, yeah, me, he'll let wants, me. Yeah, yeah. Grab it for me. I'll take it. I don't think he'll let go of it. Uh, <laughs> it's the second one he's had, and he went to that Raptor school they had out there at the old Miller Motorsport Park in Utah, and he just, ah, uh, he loves that thing. He let me drive it. Uh, first time I drove it, it was raining here, so it was wet, and oh my gosh, that thing's got a lot of power. Just yeah, incredible. Yeah, got a ton of power. Yeah. Ah. Uh, just incredible. And it doesn't drive like a truck. He used to have an old diesel Ford uh, pickup truck. It drives like a nice SUV. 
uh, it's a really, really nice rig. Yeah, it's really cool. And it goes really fast, too. It does. And then the insides are just beautiful. I mean, it's like sitting in a nice Cadillac. I mean, they, they yeah. really do them right. Yeah, they've done a nice job. Well, Josh, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that truck throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, probably from my mentor, which is uh, target big markets. Go after big, big markets. Yeah, very wise. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Tenacity and stubbornness. Yeah, I hear that a lot from my entrepreneurial guests. Uh, tenacity, uh, stick-to-itiveness, as they say. Perseverance, definitely good attributes. Now, how about a resource? Is there one you'd like to share with our listeners that you find real useful? Yeah, I really would. I, well, I'd like to give a shout out to the guy who built the Mercedes-Benz for me, Bo Vecchio yeah. Vecchio's Customizing up in Rogers, Minnesota. I, he and his team did a fantastic job. I mean, the car's fit and finish was just absolutely beautiful. And Bo and Marshall and those guys there are just, I mean, I'd recommend them to anybody who's got any type of uh, car project that they want to work on. How do you spell his name? Uh, V-E-S-C-I-O. Okay, you need to introduce me to him. I would love to get him on this show and share what he does. I've had lots of customizers, builders, fabricators on this show. Uh, some very, very famous. One of the most recent, uh, D'Agostini, uh, who I ran into when I was down at Car Week. But I've had all sorts of great people. And I mentioned the Morrisons, uh, who build, of course, the underpinnings for those cars. So, uh, And, of course, we're going into the time the show airs into SEMA. So SEMA is going to be full of these folks, but I'd love an introduction and have him on the show. Um, and I want to make sure you send me more pictures of that car, too. I can't wait to see it. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Lee Iacocca. Yeah. He, he yeah. took, I mean, especially, get, you know, he, I mean, he took what we went through on steroids and was able to kind of manage through it. Very matter of fact guy. I think he would be a great guy to pick his brain. Yes, you know, absolutely. And uh, of course, we, we lost him this year back in July. Uh, I had tried and tried to get him on this show when I first started, but I don't think I was big time enough uh, for for his time. But I was, really wanted to get him on the show. Uh, that's a guy that just, he just did some amazing things for the automotive industry, uh, which is pretty cool. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy reading? You know, I just got done with one, which is kind of a little bit off topic. It was called The Modern Man by David Duda. It's kind of like, how do you comport yourself as a man in today's society and whatnot? And I just really got a kick out of it. It was it was kind of like, live your life your own way. It's just a great book, a great book on how to kind of comport yourself and how to, how to, how to live your life. I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I want to read that book because it's been mentioned a few times here, and, and I'm wondering if it compares in any way to a book my son gave me earlier this year by Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for Life, uh, which he calls an antidote to chaos, which again is a way to conduct yourself in life, how to be a better person and how to help more people and, and so forth. So I'm going to have to get my hand. Maybe I could tell my kids that's what I want for Christmas. Yeah, I've been trying to read something new every month this year. I haven't quite met that goal because I'm so darn busy, but uh, uh, my wife's gotten me into audiobooks. So uh, that way I can kind of listen and exercise or do something and feel like I'm multitasking. So great. The Modern Man. Great. I will remind you, you can find all these great resources on Josh's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just type Josh Stahl, S-T-A-H-L into the search bar, and his page will pop right up. All right, Josh, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet today. It doesn't matter where it is or who owns it. 
I'm going to park it in your garage, but there are some rules to my game you must abide by. One is I want you to drive it. No garage queens. Secondly, you can't sell it in three months like you do all the rest of your cars. You got to keep it. And it's the only collector car that you can have in your garage. What's it going to be? You know, probably one of the first supercars that I really coveted uh, would, I would say like a mid-80s Lamborghini LP5000 Countach. You know, the one that was on, at least kids my age, it was on every poster, car yeah. fantasy poster on the planet. I, I think that would be a car that would be great to have, keep, and have forever. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty darn cool for sure. Drivable though, I don't know. I'd try it, but I don't know. I don't know how how reliable it would be. Well, I've had many guests in the show uh, who've owned those cars, and one of the challenges with those cars is they're very difficult to back up. That's why you always see guys driving them at car shows with those swing up doors open so they can see behind them. Uh, they're also uh, the windows, and some of those don't even really go down very far, so they're a little warm. Yeah, they're they're a little compromising, but oh man, yeah, they they tick every box from those kids that grew up in the seventies and eighties, so. Okay. And what color would you like yours to be? Uh, they've got a red that's uh, pretty bright and pretty bold. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. All right. Well, Josh, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your journey and your business with the listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that Lamborghini, <laughs> Josh? I think it's the same thing that we started this off with the mantra. Just do what you say you're going to do, and it makes life a heck of a lot easier. Boy, it sure does. That's for sure. Hold yourself accountable to your word. Uh, do what you say. It's a pretty simple concept, and if you don't think you can do it, don't say it. But sometimes I use those things to pressure myself into getting off the block and getting something done. Tell people you're going to do something, and then it applies pressure. That works really well, too. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? Well, the website, www.reviva.com or on any of our socials is at Reviva Engines. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube is at Reviva Engines. There you go. I'll make sure I put links to those on Josh's show notes page. Check this out. If you're in need for a service like this, Reviva is the place to go. Josh, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. I enjoyed it. This was fun. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!